The waves were high on the wine dark sea, and the weather was getting worse. The ship, laden with valuable cargo, tumbled about the waters, smashing with enormous force against the rocks, until the hardwood hull could take no more. With terrible noises of crunching and tearing, the ship broke apart, and the cargo was lost to the bottom of the Aegean Sea. Somehow, the owner of the cargo survived. Battered and half-drowned, Zeno, a previously wealthy merchant, now made penniless, made his way into the city of Athens and visited, as you would after surviving a shipwreck, a bookshop. There he didn't despair about money having entirely vanished in one bad sea trip, but fell into conversation with the bookshop owner about the latest philosophical teachings. Perhaps stunned by being the sole survivor of the wreck and being surrounded by intense debates around existence, Zeno began to develop his own philosophy. His followers came to be known as the Stoics after the Stoa Poikile, the covered walkway in the public space of ancient Athens where they met each day. Stoicism was originally called Zenoism, but they swiftly switched away from naming it after their teacher in recognition that any teacher would be flawed and it could potentially develop the philosophy into a personality cult. After Zeno's death, the next Stoic leader was Cleanthes a water carrier and boxer, better known as the ass for his strength and patience. Then Chrysippus, a long-distance runner and prolific writer. Chrysippus's many written works were a key factor in the spread of Stoicism, and his death was pretty enviable. He died laughing, heckling a donkey eating figs. Sometime after him came Posidonius, an athlete, astronomer, mathematician and politician who travelled across Europe and Africa, calculated the circumference of the earth and the effect of the moon on the tides. His acclaim brought figures from around the world to his Stoic school. Around a hundred years later was Epictetus, the scholar who obtained his freedom from enslavement, despite a physical disability, and who turned Stoicism from a discursive theory into a practical way of living. He so objected to theoretical teachings that he refused to write anything down. Everything we have of his lessons come from an enthusiastic student who took notes that are still coming in handy 2,000 years later in the form of both the Discourses and the Enchiridion. Epictetus was referenced by the founder of Cognitive Behavioural Therapy as being one of the primary influencers on the tool. Our final major Stoic figure is Marcus Aurelius, the last great emperor of Rome and the philosopher king, who struggled with his own sickness throughout his whole life and dealt with plague, wars and deaths of many of his own children. He kept personal notes on the subject of Stoic philosophy and his life within it, purely for his own self-improvement. But the text was, at some point, published and has continued to be shared ever since. It's still one of the key texts of Stoicism, containing hundreds of pages of wisdom, struggle, learning and debate. In the subsequent years, Stoicism grew to have many acclaimed followers in ancient Greece and Rome and soon spread far beyond those countries and their captured lands even through the rise of Christianity, when many other philosophies were suppressed. Its belief in building a path to a good life, in growing your character, and living in a good state of mind daily, travelled around the world and across many different cultures. Throughout the thousands of years of Stoicism, many Stoic philosophers have suffered for their beliefs. The Emperor Domitian exiled all philosophers from Rome, including the Stoic leader Epictetus, and Domitian's father, Vespasian, had previously gone one better and exiled specifically Stoic philosophers for corrupting their students with inappropriate teachings. 
Masonius Rufus was held in such suspicion for his stoic beliefs in Nero's court that he was exiled, not once, but twice. But none of the Stoic philosophers ever stopped teaching Stoicism, believing that passing on these life lessons was more important than maintaining their own existence. Once you discover more about what Stoics value in life, it's hard to avoid the idea that those in power don't really like when citizens start to say, maybe we don't need to buy so much or fight each other so much for our own little bit of power. People who are content and unafraid might become harder to influence if you've only got fear and consumerism to do it.